We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. Hi everyone, hopefully there's an everyone. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Red and Buried Podcast with me Sarah and me Frankie. Wow. You may recognise these voices from previous well-known podcasts such as <laughs> How Not To Be An Idiot. The non-award winning podcast that ran for three years too long probably. Oh but- no. But the good news is the best of that podcast is here in this room. Um, <laughs> and cut the dead weight that was Saul and Hannah. Yes, yeah. They, they, and how appropriate that we've cut them, their bodies are gone, and we can move on to talk about our true passion in life. Quick. Crime. Crime. And books. reading. Exactly. It's something I think that you and I have always wanted to do, but Hannah couldn't read. So <laughs> it, was, it really slowed us down in yeah. terms of developing a, a, a podcast with a format for intellectuals such as ourselves. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that my book picks are that intellectual. Well, but let, let's start off right off the bat by just saying, I don't think that we should even acknowledge the fact that snobbery exists in literature because no. I think it's bull. You read what you want to read. And if that's Harry Potter, that's okay. Well, I mean, let's not go crazy. With that. <laughs> um, it depends on your, if you like just hate trans people or not, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> I am joking for the record. If people are listening to this, I don't know our humour. I am joking. Sarah's not anti-trans. No. And uh, she just really likes the Harry Potter bullshit, but that's her business. Yeah. Um, but Sarah, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about your kind of taste in books? Um... Well, it's very, very specific in that I basically only read crime novels, mm-hmm. um, sometimes a true crime book. Yeah. That's, yeah, basically all I've read for years. I did um, English literature at uni, as did some other people I know. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and I think as soon as I finished that, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with serious <laughs> books. That's it. I'm going to read trash for the yeah. rest of my life. Not that we're calling books trash either. No. No, it's like the literary equivalent of fast food, and I love fast food. Well, there you go, exactly. And I, I feel the same way about crime as a genre and um, books in general, having also studied English literature. Um, but I, I, my, I would say my taste is slightly broader than yours. Yes, it is definitely. I try I, I mix it up. Um, I always do find myself going back to true crime or crime in general as a genre because it's just what we're really interested in. Yeah, it's. I think a, it's quite easy to read. Mm. But also, it's really good escapism. Yeah. Because it's very rare that you're reading a crime genre book and recognise any of your life in it, hopefully. Well, speak for yourself. (laughs) And I also, I find it, I think crime as a genre, although arguably it's, you know, the fast food, as you say, of books, it's so complex and hard to write. Mm. I'm always in, in awe of people that can write a compelling, exciting crime story with a twist, you know, like the twists and things. I don't know how people, like Agatha Christie and people are that obviously is a favourite of both of ours. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm intrigued and fascinated and in awe of anyone that can do that. And yeah, I couldn't. No. And like, I mean, I think both of us have have you know written and and things over the years and yeah it's really really hard so yeah i think that with this podcast we get to explore all the different types of of things that exist within crime yes 
and the genre. The only rule being it has to be in a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm just going to apologise real quickly because I we are recording in my uh, dining room and uh, the birds are quite noisy outside today. Frankie is the bird lady. I am. I am basically a few steps away from being the bird woman in Home Alone 2, <laughs> <laughs> covered with bird seed and bird shit. But um, they are fun to watch. And um, if it makes me a crazy old woman, then so be it. That's okay. I think that's part of the genre as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Maybe one month we will have the topical birds. Oh, that's a niche. Birds in crime. (laughs) That is a niche. (laughs) Um, I guess we could only just do the birds, but we'll figure that out. So the format for the podcast, Sarah. Yes. Shall I go ahead and explain? Yes. Well, lovely. Well, basically, Sarah and I have both read a book. That we have chosen without telling the other what book it is. It's going to be a little surprise for us each of yeah. us. Um, the only rule being that we pick a different theme for every episode. And Sarah, what is the theme for our very first episode? So for our first episode, we went really, really broad. Yeah. And we just said it had to be a book that included a murder. Wait. I literally just had a panicked moment of did my book have a murder <laughs> in it? It did. We're fine. <laughs> I was going to say, it's actually, despite how broad it was, it was really difficult to pick a book. I, I think found. because it was so broad, it gave too many options. Yeah. Um, so future episodes, we've got our next couple of topics picked and they are narrower. Yes. Um, but yeah, this one, we just went with a fiction, had to be fiction. Yep. And it had to have a murder in it. Yep. So we decided to just go big, big broad and see what happened. But I think between us, because we do have quite different tastes, although we like a lot of the same stuff, I think we should hopefully get an interesting, interesting choice between the two of us. Yeah, I'm assuming we haven't both picked the same book. I'd be very surprised. <laughs> um, but so, this is exciting. Who wants to go first? You go first. Really? Okay. Yep. I'm very excited to hear what you read. I'm excited to talk about it, actually, because I really enjoyed it. Um, and Oh, it, that's a good start. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's one of those things where, as I say, it was really hard to pick a book. And actually, I started reading a couple and then thought, no, not not yet for this one. Or no, it's not quite right. I was very particular about what I wanted from this. Um, and in the end... I settled on a book. Do I reveal the title straight away? Yes. Okay. So it's a book called If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. Have you heard of it? Have you read it? I think I might have read it. I'm just going to check my Goodreads quickly. (laughs) Thank God for Goodreads, man. Uh, Maybe I didn't. Maybe it's on my TBR. I don't think I've read it. I think it's on my TBR. Okay, cool. Well, that's also another thing to point out that I'm always in awe of you is you read so fast. I... Yeah, maybe I'm just a little bit obsessive. If I start reading something and I get into it, that's it. I just want to finish it. So I do. I'm not very good at reading a chapter and putting a book down. See, I, I, I need my sleep too much, so I have to stop. <laughs> but like, you will stay up all night and finish a book. Yeah, not last night, generally. <laughs> but I, I tend to... I'm, I'm not slow. I do like a book a week. But like, yeah, you plough through them when you get going. Like, arguably, are you even taking any of it in? Is what well, unlikely, <laughs> as we've discovered when I can't even remember what I've read. Well, well, let me remind you, if you, in case you have read it, but you probably haven't, about If We Were Villains. Mm-hmm. But it's written by, as I said, by Emma Rio. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the author, first of all, to the ears I send to the chat. So she was born in Miami and had completed her MA in Shakespeare Studies oh, wow. at King's College in London. Okay. So she's obviously very bright, and you can tell by the way the book's written. She's incredibly intelligent. Um, in 2016, she won the contest to stay at Hamlet's Castle in, uh, I can't even pronounce the name of the place because I'm a thicko, Elsinore? Elsinore? Sure. Sure. 
for the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's death, which he was the first person to sleep in the castle for over 100 years. Oh, I wouldn't have done that. No, you're, That's yeah, you're terrifying. You don't even believe in ghosts. Yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But this is her first novel. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been really successful, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think one of the reasons I found it was because, and I don't want to sound like, I, look, for record, I support indie books, shops, and everything. I'm a big supporter. But to get inspiration, I was browsing Amazon. Yeah. And it was in the charts. And this, considering this was released a couple of years ago, I think, in the UK. Pretty good going. It's endured. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think, um, so I'll give you a little bit of a synopsis. Mm. I, we're going to try, we, we're going to say from now on, potential spoilers. Yeah. I'm going to try not to spoil too much. Okay. Because... I would quite like to read it, obviously. Exactly. So yeah. I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil it too much, but um, I, yeah, I'm going to give it a bit of a synopsis. So basically it's set around a, a drama school um, and there is a group of friends within this drama school. They're all studying Shakespeare, obviously lending on her, mm. her studies. She obviously knows what she's talking about. Um, and they are all actors and one of them is, one of them dies mm. mm-hmm, under, um, quite suspicious circumstances um and one of the car one of the cast i should say because they're, they're actors yeah um, but one of them the protagonist of the book actually the voice of the book he went to jail uh for it um and he's about to be released and he the detective has always been a little bit suspicious about the story never quite believed what he was told so he basically after he'd been released from prison was like please tell me what actually happened so it's a mix of kind of present day him going back to the school where he grew up mm-hmm. and studied drama and, and things with his friends versus back in time to see what actually happened amongst these group of friends. Sounds really good. It is really good. I definitely I, haven't read it. <laughs> um, it's kind of like, so people have likened it, I've seen to like Donna Tartt, um, yeah. um, A Secret History, which I did read. And I remembered, and that's one of the reasons why I was like, oh, I like the sound of this because I really enjoyed A Secret mm-hmm. History. Arguably, I enjoyed it more than The Goldfinch, actually, or some of the other Donna Tartt's books. I haven't read Goldfinch. Yeah. I've read Secret History. Yeah. I, I, did you enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah, you probably would really like this. Excellent. Um, and the thing I like about it was it's a, a really kind of contemporary into a lot of Shakespearean themes in there about Mm -hmm. jealousy and you know lots of yeah classic themes in the show but she's obviously kept it within a modern setting but still playing there's a lot of Shakespeare within it as well Mm -hmm. like she's actually quoted verses and stuff and and also these people like I went to university with a lot of drama students So I could, I felt like a special kind of connection to the, when I was reading it, I was like, yeah, I, I've met these kids. Yeah. Like I know this type of person. Um, they're all, it's a lot of ego and a lot of, um, yeah, basically obsession with drama, with that world and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, I mean, it is a crime book and there is a murder, but it's not an inherent crime yeah. story. Yeah. So I've taken a slight liberty there, perhaps. No, that's okay. You're within the rules. Yes. But, um, it's got, I say a really interesting kind of cast of characters within it. Um, Oliver, the protagonist, is like a very likable person. That I like. I hate it when you have an unlikable protagonist. Yes. And I get why authors do it, but I don't enjoy reading it as much at the end of the day. I think if you're going to, they have to be, if they're going to be unlikable, you have to really ham it up and yeah. make them like 
almost like so bad like machiavellian yeah like love to hate them kind yeah. of thing because if it's just if they're just an arsehole you're yeah. like i don't care then like and i've seen reviews in other books where people have been like this person's just an arsehole i don't care about the characters i hope that oh yeah there's definitely been i couldn't name them there have been several books i've read where yeah. i haven't liked a single character yeah and it's like why did i even keep reading it yeah that is that this one as i say the protagonist is pretty likable so frustrating at times because you want him to stand up for himself more okay. or kind of you know he deserves better and he's he's a bit his kind of role within it is he's kind of always on the sidelines a bit he's a bit of a sidekick to some of the bigger kind of personalities in it um and then you know he arguably takes center stage by going to prison for Mm. this murder um and there's yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot about complex relationships um with him and the other people in the group there's um, a female character who my god my name is the name of the character's gone from my brain (laughs) which is really unprofessional and i apologize meredith she's like super hot Mm -hmm. and everyone's a bit obsessed with her and then there's james who's his roommate and like best friend and he's a bit in love with him james is a bit in love with him they have like a strange very close relationship Mm -hmm. um and then all the other ones like it's it's yeah i think she's done a really great job at creating this world that feels very very real mm-hmm. um as i said like i felt like i knew uh, i've met a lot of these kids before um and also the something that it kind of pulls out is that want to be the hero in a story yeah you know if, it, if i think everyone at times feels like they aren't they're on the sidelines of things and they want to be the, the center of attention perhaps mm-hmm. and i felt like that this was him stepping into that lead he never got cast in the lead roles in the plays that they did he was always one of the as i say like yeah. the, the sideline players and so this is it was him stepping into that what a way to do it <laughs> yeah there's a easier ways for sure <laughs> um and yeah I, I i found it um i really enjoyed reading it like it was one of those one you know those kind of books where you go to bed and you're like oh, actually, i'm really looking forward to reading tonight. yeah some books I, I lately and i have to confess it's controversial perhaps for me to say this year i have struggled to really get into any books like i've read very little this year interesting yeah. i wonder if it's because of covid or lockdown i think yeah i think partially i read a lot last year because yeah. there was nothing to do yeah um but also, yeah, I think life has got a little bit like you're just kind of plodding along yeah. at this point. And yeah. it makes you a bit apathetic about everything, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it takes something exceptional, that escapism that you mentioned before, yeah. to actually go, oh, you know, I'm enjoying this. This is I'm, this is worth me giving my... Also, because time is precious. <laughs> I feel like we've all... Now that we can leave the house again and go out and do things... Yeah, finally. You want to make it worth it and read something really worthwhile. Um, I've been rereading a lot of stuff as well. Oh, interesting. Is like, it's a comfort thing, I think, isn't it? It is so a comfort thing. I have been rereading Harry Potter. Oh my god! Um, I've reread some Agatha Christie's nice. and all that sort of stuff because it's like, yeah, it's just easy. You don't have to think. Do you also? I mean, we're, we're slight, slight sidestep here, but do you not feel the pressure with your Goodreads target? Oh uh, yeah, I've accepted. I'm not going to hit mine now, so I'm like, oh, I can relax. <laughs> I, I'm getting like I've had quite a um quite a full on year mm. myself. Yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not going to go into a sob story right now on the bloody podcast because this is not X Factor. But <laughs> equally, I'm just going to say like my dad died. I've been sorting through his incredible amount of shit. Yeah, if, God, if you talk about books. My dad had all the books in the world. So if anyone's missing yeah. books, chances are he had them. Um, so I've had a really busy year. and then, But I still feel guilty that I'm like three behind on my Goodreads target. Oh, which just is... embrace the fact that you're behind. Yeah. You'll feel to. much better. I think I've probably read about eight books this year. But I don't track it on Goodreads if I reread something I've read before. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can. You can really even, can I you? I don't know. I haven't even tried. No. But yeah, so... In conclusion, I'm going to wrap up my little chat mm-hmm. about we were if we were villains. Um, I really liked it, and I think that if you're into kind of if you're into literature as well as crime, yeah. this is a nice 
nice book to pick up. Um, it's it, even though there are kind of like highfalutin parts when they you know quote Shakespeare and stuff, it's still accessible and enjoyable. And um, yeah, I found it fun. So we're going to give a little one thing I forgot to mention yeah. as a, a tombstone rating because we like to keep it dark. Uh, and I'm going to give it four out of five tombstones. That's a strong start. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Nearly applauded that. Oh, congratulations! Sure <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, thank you uh, to ML Rio for yeah. writing a very good book. And I can't believe that's your first book. Like, if you're, she's definitely listening, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, like for that to be a first book, Jesus Christ! I can't wait to read it now. Yeah, people are so clever, man. It's I find it stressful and upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm going to shut up now because I want to hear about your book. Interesting. Okay, so the book I chose, this is one that I kept hearing about for years, I think. Okay. Um, And always thought, yeah, I'll read that one day. And it seemed like it would work for mm-hmm. this. So I read... Oh, oh she's getting it out of the bag. The bag. Magpie Murders by oh, Anthony Horowitz. I got that and I haven't read it. Okay, well... Very much recommend it. Okay. So, interestingly, I bought this about a month ago mm-hmm. when we were... Look at the state of it. Jesus out. Christ. Yeah. So, Frankie <laughs> Frankie doesn't crack spines no, on her I books, do not, which is absolutely bizarre. Nope. Um, Just respect the books. I very nice. much do and fold the corners down and all sorts. Disgusting. So. Sorry, Frankie. Yeah, it's very upsetting. Um, yeah. So, I've had this on my TBR for a very long time and then bought it about a month ago and... I actually tried to start it, I think, about three times over the last month and didn't get into it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, And it was only about a week ago when I was like, I've got to fucking read this book now. (laughs) We've postponed this podcast too many times. Exactly. That I pushed through and actually very quickly got hooked on it. Ah. So the format is absolutely fascinating. He's a genius, right? Like, Yeah, so I hadn't... I didn't know much about Anthony Horowitz. I kind of knew he'd had involvement with Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew he'd written a couple of extra Sherlock stories. Yes. Um, hadn't realised until I googled about an hour ago that he also wrote some of the Poirot episodes for TV. Yes, yeah, he did. He's a genius. So, yeah, amazing. And it was interesting because when I started reading, basically the format of the book is it starts off, the first half or so of the book is the another book inside it. Oh, okay. So... Meta. Yeah, obviously not going to give a whole load of spoilers, but basically the the second half of the novel is about this author who's written, uh, created a very famous golden era detective, um, very clearly oh. loosely based off Poirot, that right. kind of thing. His name's the detective is Atticus Pund. Oh, okay, good name. German. Strong name. Yeah. Oh, German, not Belgian. Very no, good. Yep. no, few changes. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first half of Magpie Murders is the the final book he's written as Atticus Pund so you read that and it gets to the end and it stops a few chapters from the end of the novel and then it goes to present day and it's about the author and what's happening there oh, um, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say because I think it's quite um, quite well publicised what the book's about basically the author dies <gasps> a and murder? a murder Oh, and these last few chapters are missing as well so you don't actually find out who did the original what well, you don't at first find oh. out who did the original murder in his novel it's very hard to talk about it's getting a bit complicated um and it's all around that and yeah absolutely fascinating so it's split between two eras okay and is kind of 40s like and Poirot. very Poirot-ish. Yep. yeah and then the second half is modern day 
Um, and yeah, it's kind of a crime within a crime and a book within a book. But that's a complex like, narrative. Tied together. Yeah, it's not confusing when you're reading it. Right. I'm explaining it very poorly. You're not though. You're making me want to read it. You're making me want to pick really, it up. It's really, really good. Um, I probably would have read it through the night last night if I hadn't been absolutely exhausted. <laughs> but I did go to sleep last night listening to the audiobook of it because I didn't want to stop reading it. Ah, good way of doing it. Yeah, so the audiobook's very good as well. So interestingly, there is a sequel to this and I don't know how there's a sequel to it having finished this, but I will now be reading it. So it's called Moonflower or something like oh, that. Okay. Um, but part of what I really liked about it as well is reading the first half with the novel within a novel, mm. there are a huge amount of call outs to Agatha Christie and Faro oh. and it's sort of subtly but if you've read those books you know you pick up on them yeah that's a nice kind of inside nod to people of the fans of the genre yeah exactly and then actually later on in the modern day bit you do find out that the author has kind of met Agatha Christie's grandson and oh wow I mean fictional yeah I'm assuming who knows, who, who knows? it's all getting a bit much <laughs> um but yeah there's you're sort of reading the first the first half of it, the novel within the novel, and you're picking out these bits and sort of going, oh, that's not to that. I reckon that's a reference to that. And then when you get into the second half, you realise that, yeah, that is absolutely what he was doing because it's oh. talked about. So uh, is it a bit of a whodunit? Yes. Okay. For both halves of the book. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So you don't know who... <laughs> um, yeah, so the first, the first half, the novel in the novel, you... There's been a couple of murders. You don't know who did them. Don't know why it happened. And Atticus is investigating them. And then second half, like I said, the author actually dies. Right. Uh, quickly becomes apparent it was a murder. And you mm. don't know why that's happened either or what's caused it. And it is kind of all interlinked. Um, I can't give loads of details without completely spoiling okay. the entire resolution of the novel. Interesting. But it's very, very cleverly written um, and really interesting. Well, I mean, as I say, I, he is a genius, so that doesn't surprise me that it's a really... Turns out, yeah. Yeah, because uh, funnily enough, that was actually a book my dad gave me um, to read. From He'd read it, and he's a massive Anthony Horowitz fan. Mm-hmm. And also, my he also writes graphic novels for, for kids. Okay. Yeah, he did the Alex Ryder series as That's well, right. he, which I haven't read. Yeah, he's also, I think, done um, done a few things. And like my nephew, who notoriously did not like reading, got really into them as well. So I think anyone that can write for such a broad yes. range of audiences is, you know, I keep using the word genius, but... No, he clearly is. And there's also quite a lot of um, wordplay as oh, well. Yeah. Um, Do you like wordplay? Anagrams and little puzzles and things. Yeah, I mean, his mind... Clearly, how do people shop? do it, man? Like, mm. it is incredible. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Well, well, how many tombstones would you rate it, Sarah? I would also say four. Four, a strong yeah. tombstone rating, yeah. And it's rare that I'll give anything a five. I do occasionally on Goodreads, yes, to rate, but um, four is pretty damn good, yeah. That is interesting, actually. What what does a book have to do to give to make you give it a five? I think the only books I've given four five stars on goodreads harry potter i'm not even <laughs> sure if i did with them i possibly did but agatha christie some mm-hmm. of those i have um and i'm not actually convinced i've given it to anyone else i feel like wow. if you give a five star then you've got nowhere else to go what if you read something that's better yeah 
I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit of a five star slut. I'll, <laughs> I'll give it out. You know, no, I'm the opposite. But, but I, I, I think this year though, I've, that's why I think I've really noticed a difference because I haven't really given many fives mm. out this year. The only one books I've interested given fives to this year have been um, autobiographies, okay. and I think with that, often if somebody, if I read an autobiography and it feels very authentic and the voice is very honest, yeah. then I, I automatically give them five because I'm like, you know, even if I don't like what they're saying you I was res- the objective yeah absolutely I, I, I believe it and it was real and it's you know it's something that I've I, I believe in as I say so I yeah that's it that's interesting yeah. I, I do give out quite a few fives but lately I've been going down to fours oh goodness I also not a four not a four I know but um also I feel really I feel personally very guilty giving anything less than a four because I feel like yeah. anyone to write a book is hard yeah and i and i also i know some authors and they do see these ratings oh don't that makes me feel yeah, horrible but can, but can you imagine spending a year of your, of your life longer even yeah. writing something giving it everything and then some dickhead on the internet is like <laughs> oh i'm gonna give it two stars like i i can't imagine how much that must have, i yeah like oh, ouch I've definitely given out some two stars well now <laughs> you can find her i'll give people's address i'll box you <laughs> for that but um yeah I, I i i'm reluctant i i often my my approach these days if i start reading a book and i'm really not enjoying it i will just stop reading it now yeah and then i won't rate it at all i'll nice just remove it from my goodreads entirely because i'd rather not say anything if you can't think of anything nice to say sarah don't say anything at all i don't say anything nasty i just i just shamelessly anonymously rate them yeah but well not the case this time we've had two really good ones what a a great start i'm literally just looking at the reviews on the back of magpie murders and all very good well loved (laughs) i mean it would be weird if they put two star reviews on the back (laughs) of the book but yeah i suppose so yeah wow well i think this has been a very exciting strong first start with two four star books tombstone sorry books yes um we've done uh so next month's theme is going to be a non-fiction crime book set somewhere other than north america or europe whoa yeah okay that is very specific compared to last Month. Yes, it is. But when we were talking about it, obviously the majority of, I mean, the majority of books you read full stop are based in Europe or yes. North America. So, I mean, there are probably quite a lot of Australia options. Very true. Um, I'd quite like to read, watch me regret this and not do it for next month. I'd quite like to read one that's based in Asia somewhere. There are some great, great Asian true crime, yeah. crime books. Is it nonfiction, did you say? Yes. Yeah, I, I've read a couple actually from Asia, set in Asia. Um, there, there's plenty out there. And that's the other thing as well. I think it's good to expand outside the typical. Yeah. Because right? America and the UK, we've had quite a few crimes. So it's good to... Yeah, absolutely. Also, the option potentially to get some translated stuff in there, which I would love to explore yes. more translated books. We'll put that on the future episodes oh. list. Well, that's a, a great question actually for people listening what themes should we look at in the future yeah any suggestions love to hear them please no we we need them genuinely because we'll run out of ideas real quick we're not very bright we've only got three on the list so far (laughs) have we really oh god yeah (laughs) yeah any ideas people have for the themes or genres or if you've read the books we talked about today and you have any thoughts yes i would like to hear if anyone's read the sequel to magpie murders um like i said i think it's called moonflowers interesting Um, and also just to say that the format of this, you know, this is a very loose format, but maybe in the future we'd like to have speak to authors, speak to other book 
fans speak to whoever. So, you know, yeah. we'll watch this space and hopefully things will stay interesting and get more interesting. <laughs> um, I thought this wasn't interesting. Everything's great. I thought it was fascinating. I enjoyed it. Um, also, you can follow us on Instagram at Red and Buried Podcast. Um, and also, if you want to talk to us, but you don't want to go on Instagram, you can email us at redandburiedpodcast at gmail.com. And we will be listening. We will and reading. Yes. Um, and we haven't got a sign off for this podcast yet. No, I think that's okay. Yeah. No. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. Desperately trying to come up with a catchphrase, aren't you? Don't die. No, that's shit. Okay. Yep. D- don't die. <laughs> Red and buried. Uh, another one bites the dust. We'll work on that. Yeah. Okay. Fine. That's not my strongest. This is me improvising. But thank you all for listening. And if you've come yeah. from How Not to Be an Idiot podcast, thanks for coming with us on this journey. Yeah. It's good to see you again. I hope you enjoyed the slams on Hannah at the beginning. They will come up from time to time. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks. See Bye. you next month. Bye. Bye. Elsewhere, and we made this. We are Starfleet. A Star Trek Discovery podcast. So be a bit of a drawback as well when you're confronting other people. You know, for instance, later on when when all our conversations with the president are very confrontational right. from both sides, and it, it becomes a very it becomes a, a huge verbal tug of war at times. And but it makes for great television, um, and it also makes for really good scenes for Michael Burnham. I like her being challenged. I like her. Uh, having to question herself because it, it makes her a much more better character, I think. Yeah, and Michael seems to be the kind of person, like, once she makes a decision, she's not going to question that again. She's not going to mm. second guess herself. She's, um, I mean, she even says um, in season three, I would rather regret something I did than something I didn't. with this month's issue. They did this weird thing at Reading Festival one year where they got a guy and a girl up on stage with them from opposite ends of the barrier at the front and got them to make out for an entire song. These people didn't know each other because the girl was quite near me and she definitely had a boyfriend. Oh. But they went for it. Even at the time, I thought, this is strange. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? You know, like, that's an odd thing to ask two strangers to do. (laughs) Mm. Probably there was a lot of pressure. Movie-versaries. Because the trailer is full of very odd camera angles or like odd close-ups like mm-hmm. too close kind of like almost like a fisheye lens mm-hmm. kind of look, look at one point there's a whole bunch of different things that are completely bizarre for sure see. and um yeah a lot of the cinematography it seems like he uses lots of wide wide angle lenses mm. and that generally you know if you use like a wide angle lens for like the close-up it gives you a sense of unease and you see that throughout so many wide-angle shots, and it's just like it just makes you feel a bit weird. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network. <laughs> <laughs>